Have you ever wondered what the hell is real and what is actually true when it comes to health and nutrition? Is dairy really that bad? And what about carbs? Should we all be fasting or is breakfast the most important meal of the day? Yeah, it is super confusing out there. Which is why we've created the podcast, Find Your Forma. Hey friends, my name is Natalie. And I'm Lindsay. And we are so jazzed to help you navigate through the diet industry bullshit. Let's get to it. Happy 4th of July, friends, or belated, I should say, because we're a little bit past the 4th of July, but we're still celebrating, right? Lindsay, Mm -hmm. what did you guys do for the 4th? Wow, Natalie, I did not fill you in on this quite yet. Tell me. You're going to die. You're absolutely going to die. The fact that we are talking about the stomach is actually very appropriate for my 4th of July experience this year. (laughs) Brace yourself. So we went over to our friend's house and luckily there are some of our best friends and they have a brand new house with a brand new pool, came home from Mississippi, flew in that morning, brought the kids and Alessia pooped in their pool. Oh no. Yes, she did. And it was like right at the beginning, like right whenever the party's getting started, they had a lot of people over. I kid you not. Oh, pooped in the pool, and so we all had to get out of the pool. <laughs> like, talking about wearing freaking... a water diaper, no, because she is potty trained, Natalie. Oh, she is potty trained, she is almost four years old. I'm like, Sister Sue, what are you doing? It was so awful. everyone had to get out, it was awful. It was awful. So, yeah, just hashtag mom life over here, you know. <laughs> So wait, what happened? Did what, did everyone have to get out? And then like, what do you Natalie, do? It ruined the whole party. The whole oh. party. Like they had kids over and everything. So what happened is she pooped in the jacuzzi part, which then like ran into the big part. So even like it would have been great had it just been in the jacuzzi and it would have been separate. However, the water like ran into the, the big pool. Just a pool of poo. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that's okay it was mortifying like mortifying i'm still not over it oh yeah. what about you I'm, I'm hoping your experience was a little cleaner <laughs> so i was in a pool as well uh, good. it was full of adults and um <laughs> i went down to, to houston actually to see my family which was so much fun and some of my hometown friends and the whole time you're either inside blasting air conditioning or in a oh, pool because it's like 400,000 degrees outside in Texas, Texas right heat. now. Oh God. Yes. But um, something else, I had a first as well. I um, I watched the hot dog eating contest, the infamous, oh, yes. the super famous one. And oh my God, have you ever watched that before? Yes. What is the guy's name again? Joey Chestnut. Okay. Joey Chestnut girlfriend i'm not kidding you actually this was last night this is no joke last night i happened to like francesco my husband was watching on his phone and it was on tiktok and no joke joey chestnut was okay it was 32 wendy's hamburgers that he it was his quote-unquote cheat day that (gasps) he was yes 
Yes, it was his quote-unquote cheat day. He consumed 32 Wendy's burgers, which was approximately 18,000 calories. And this was like on his, yes, yes, ma'am, on his cheat day. So yes, I am always very intrigued, very fascinated by like the whole things, which is why I'm like super excited we're going over this today because it it's mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Absolutely mind-blowing. Super mind-blowing. And it led yeah. us to like so many questions. And I immediately... So my brother was telling me all about it. And first of all, this whole event is just like crazy. And they're Wild. professional eaters from all over the world. And they have these titles and they train and all this stuff. But I'm not going to lie. I have no idea about this stuff. And I was picturing like all these like sumo wrestlers to walk up on stage. And these <laughs> people are like relatively like thin and like looks for average Joe, you would never know that they can down like all this food in such a I know. time. So guys, today we're going to take a diver, um, a deeper dive into all of this. We're going to see how professional eaters do what they do and not gain weight. Um, we're going to look at some of their techniques. We're going to look into fasting and binge eating and all the things. And then we're also going to look to see like, can you expand and can you shrink your stomach? So yeah, shall we? I am. I'm actually really pumped about this podcast because I I really do find this, the whole thing to be very fascinating. So we're going to first start at how the hell do professional eaters train and not look like a sumo wrestler? Okay. (laughs) So as you can probably imagine, guys, the stomachs of these competitive eaters have very unique properties, right? Including the ability to actually expand by an incredible amount. So a typical person simply just could not put away the same amount of food in one sitting like these people do. And I'm so sorry, but that is one title I think that I could live without, right? A professional eater. The winner of the hot dog contest anyways. But okay, so the professionals who actually compete in these contests, they do, believe it or not, put themselves at risks at, um, you know, becoming obese, right? Oh, or at yeah. least you would think so, right? So considering just the, the the absurd amount of calories that they consume during these events. Um, because if you take a step back, the recommended daily caloric intake for the average human is 2,000 to 2,500, right? Right. And a typical hot dog has around 300 calories. So this is like a one way to, to look at it. So if you eat 68 of those bad boys at the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest, that is approximately 20,000 calories, y'all, in <sighs> just 10 minutes. Like okay? what? What the hell? <laughs> ah, this is crazy. <laughs> Why? Why? What on earth? Like what human was like, I, I double dog dare you to eat 68 of those in 10 minutes. Like, okay. So actually I, we, you guys, when I tell you, we really looked into this, like look at the show notes. We're linking our different sources on here. (laughs) There's even history of how this contest started. And it was all about who loves their like food more and who can eat as much in a short amount of time. It's crazy. Some of this stuff. So definitely click on it if you want to learn more, but like, it's just insane. And these competitive eaters, they have so many various techniques and practices to minimize their weight gain, actually, which is really interesting. Like, despite consuming enormous 
amounts of food, there's some reasons why these competitive eaters might not gain as much weight as you think. So let's look at some of these techniques. So first things first, it's um, these events are occasional. They're not happening all the time. So competitive eater contests, they're typically sporadic. They're not like every month. And so these competitive eaters, they're not engaging in these events like as frequently as you might think. So And essentially, this allows their bodies to recover over time and to like balance out to a normal caloric intake. That makes sense. Speaking of that, um, typically their caloric intake is really balanced. So outside of the competitions, competitive eaters often maintain a calorie controlled diet and they may even follow a super strict portion control or even um, caloric restrictions to offset the excess calories consumed during these contests, which actually makes a lot of sense. And this also just helps them maintain their stable weight and not gain as much when they're participating. Yes, those are really great points. Obviously, exercise and metabolism are going to be another big, big point. Um, So a lot of the competitive eaters engage in regular physical exercise to help keep their metabolism elevated and burn off those excess calories that they are pummeling into their body. Um, And they're going to combine both strength training and cardio uh, just to stay active and maintain their overall fitness levels. So this is what we preach all the time, y'all. It's not just cardio. It's also strength training because that's what's going to help you build muscle, which is therefore going to help your metabolism increase and burn fat. Okay, I know we sound like a broken record, but there we go. Um, Another uh, big point is stomach elasticity. So the human stomach is designed to expand and then contract to just accommodate a lot of, you know, the various foods that you're taking in, right? And regular training, and by training, I mean training your stomach, and participation in these competitions can potentially stretch the stomach over time. Think about it as like your skin, right? It kind of does like the same thing, right? So that is going to allow you to accommodate a larger volume of food without causing this long-term weight gain, right? And we're talking about the actual stomach organ, not just like what you see from the outside when we talk about stretching over time, right? Yeah. I thought that was so interesting when we read that that point of like how they stretch out their stomachs and something else, like um, some other preparation techniques that we read about is competitive eaters often develop um, specific eating habits um, to maximize their eating speed and capacity during these contests because it's all about how much you can get in in a short amount of time, right? So these techniques can be anything from um, the way they chew their food and consuming large amounts of water. I've seen that like the water also helps them like expand their stomachs. Yeah. Like swallowing techniques, like opening up your throat. Oh my God, I could barf just like thinking about this right now. (laughs) I even do down to their posture, guys. Like they are even training their posture to allow their stomachs to expand. And I even read that some of these competitors like jump up and down um, to help get everything flowing. I have seen that. Yeah. yeah. They'll be on stage and they're like... I mean, I assumed that's what they were doing. Yeah. I thought they were just hyping themselves up or like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's just so interesting. And like, clearly yeah. these techniques 
help these people consume large quantities of food. And as you can see, like they're not sumo wrestlers. They look like everyday Joe Schmoes. And this helps them um, maintain that physique and not not gain weight. So in fact, which is really crazy, speaking of like being thin allows you to eat way more during a contest, according to this belt of fat theory that we found as well. And this theory says that actually belly fat restricts the stomach's ability to expand, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it too. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Really, really crazy. So the thinner you are and the less belly fat you have allows your stomach to expand. So the more food you could fit in. Oh my gosh, it's just wild. My mind is blown right now. I know. See what I mean? This is so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I just find, I find this crazy. Also, I have to say, I've, I'm pretty sure I'm one of the most competitive people on the face of the earth in, health way. in the next contest. Okay. <laughs> in the healthiest way possible. However, I just, I just don't know. I think I'd, I'd let you have this one, Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. Okay. Another know. interesting thing that I read was a lot of these competitors, they'll actually do fasting. Like they will fast before a big event and then they'll fast after a big event, which kind of goes back to that caloric balance, right? Yeah. Of how they're not always eating this way. And yeah. so the fasting kind of balances it out. Okay. Which brings us to our next question, right? Can fasting lead to binge eating? All right. So what we have found is that fasting itself does not directly lead to binge eating. In fact, some people use intermittent fasting as a strategy to actually control their eating habits and reduce the likelihood of overeating. However, guys, it is important to note that fasting can have both psychological and physiological effects that may or may not influence eating behaviors in some individuals. So Natalie, why don't you kind of go into these a little bit? Yes. So psychological factors, let's start there. Um, Restrictive eating patterns, such as like prolonged or really severe fasting, that can trigger someone to feel really deprived and increase the risk of developing an unhealthy relationship with food. So the psychological state combined with the factors like stress or emotional triggers or even like boredom, those could contribute to an increased likelihood of binge eating episodes once the fast is broken. So it's like you don't have something for so long and it's all you can think about and it's all you want. Yeah. Binge eat. And then there's the um, physiological factors. So that prolonged or severe fasting or caloric restriction, that can lead to physiological changes in the body, such as increased hunger hormones like ghrelin and reduced satiety signals. So when the fast is broken, the body may respond by increased appetite cravings and potentially leading to overeating. Right. And it's also worth noting, y'all, that everybody's response to fasting and eating behaviors is going to be unique, right? So some individuals may experience an increased risk of binge eating after fasting, like Natalie's saying, and others may not face that at all, right? Right. So if you have a history of disordered eating or, you know, you're concerned about your relationship with food, for example, we always advise that you consult with your healthcare provider or a registered dietitian who can provide a personalized guidance and support for you specifically. 
right? Mm-hmm. And while we definitely take a case by case approach for our private clients to see if intermittent fasting is right for them or not, we definitely have had clients in the past run into this issue with the history of you know eating disorders. Um, it's a little more prevalent than you even think, right? So you just want to make sure that you share this information with your coach for sure. Totally. Totally. I mean, we say it all the time. It's a personal thing, your health and wellness journey, and there are different triggers and it can be intermittent fasting can be such an amazing like tool for people, but it could also be um, detrimental, right? Harmful. So everybody's different. Everybody's different. different. But (laughs) I'm really excited for this last little point here because you always see people like, oh, you can do this to shrink your stomach. But is that true? So we know, we just read how you can expand your stomach and that's what these professional eaters are doing. They have techniques to literally expand that organ, but can you shrink it? So let's see what we found. So guys, you can't physically shrink your stomach, but certain practices can help you manage your appetite and reduce the amount of food that you consume. So we looked into it and here are some strategies com- um, that can contribute to the feeling of fullness and just help you with portion control and resist that overeating. So first things first, eating smaller, more frequent meals. This can work really, really well for some people. So consuming smaller meals throughout the day, it can actually help you um, prevent that excess hunger and reduce the tendency to overeat in just one single meal. Yes. And I want to just elaborate on this excessive hunger that she is talking about. So you always want to practice mindful eating. Okay. You want to pay attention to your body's hunger and your fullness cues because that is inevitably going to help you eat until you are satisfied versus overeating. Okay. Like a glutz, right? So you want to slow down, savor each bite. You want to be aware of your body's signals of hunger and fullness. Okay. So like, you know, Natalie mentioned earlier that ghrelin, that is often referred to as your quote unquote hunger hormone, because that is what in fact stimulates your appetite and increases your food intake. Okay. So its levels are clearly going to rise before your meals and they're going to decrease after you eat. Leptin, on the other hand, is known as the satiety hormone, and it is what helps you regulate energy balance and suppress your appetite. So it's actually released by your fat cells and it signals the brain that sufficient energy stores are present. So when we tell you to quote unquote, listen to your body, Okay, when we say that, this is what we mean because you have the power to control these things, right? Or just listen. Just listen to what it's telling you, right? Listen. (laughs) The body's trying to make Yes. Yes. Okay. Another thing that you want to do is you want to choose nutrient dense foods. Okay, guys, you really have to like get yourself into a habit of this because it is a lot easier said than done because you can always grab those quick fixes, but you really want to opt for foods that are more rich in your nutrients and low in calories. Okay, I don't know if those 100 calorie packs are still around or not. Back in the day, this did a whole lot of nothing for you. Okay, they literally were a waste of calories because unlike fruits and vegetables, legumes, whole grains, you know, those are what are going to help you feel full longer. Okay. 
Okay. Yes. And yes. that's going to provide that satiety while also nourishing your body. Exactly. And those same foods that Lindsay just mentioned, the fruits and vegetables, legumes, whole grains, like guys, those also have high fiber, which is huge and super important when it comes to um, providing nutrients to your body, helping you feel fuller and just having that Mm -hmm. well-balanced diet. Um, Fiber adds bulk to your meals without those excessive calories. And it just helps that digestive flow. Mm -hmm. It's key. It is absolute key. Yeah. And it comes, fiber comes from whole foods. So you know, you're eating whole foods, you know, you're going to have that that um, fiber intake that your body yes exactly and function key 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 fiber that's a, little, that's a little trick we have as nutrition coaches absolutely like, you don't have a lot of fiber we know you're not eating your fruits and veggies mm-hmm. wink wink okay yeah. another thing that we can do to help with all of this is to stay hydrated so drinking adequate amounts of water throughout the day can actually help you feel fuller and it may reduce the likelihood of overeating as well so something too, which is really interesting, is um your third whenever you're thirsty and like a lot of people think that they're just super, super hungry, and you might just be dehydrated. So drink yeah. or make sure that it's not your body telling you that you need hydration rather than exactly. Food. Exactly. Um, and going back to that mindful eating that Lindsay mentioned. We want to avoid distractions while eating. It is so easy, like multitasking, right? Doing lots of things or just sitting your ass down on a couch, opening up a bag of chips or popcorn or whatever it is. And then you're mindlessly eating it because you're so distracted by the show. And then before you know it, that whole bag is gone. So you're like not even aware. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what happened? (laughs) Yeah. But mindless eating, it's just that lack of awareness of your body's fullness, your body telling you and trying to communicate to you that it's full. So just focus on your meal and enjoy it without any distractions. Exactly, guys. So there you have it. If you want to be the next hot dog eating contest winner, you now know how to train. Okay. All right. It will not be me, but um, yeah. Watch out, Joey Chestnut. Oh, here I come. <laughs> no, never, 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 ever. Okay. So I want to address too that with the holidays, people automatically assume that they have like, quote unquote, ruined their progress by overeating. Okay. Yeah. But we just want to close this out by saying that it takes, okay, scientifically proven, it takes an extra 3,500 calories to gain one single pound of body fat weight. So just because you felt like you ate like Joey Chestnut, okay, on the 4th of July with all that extra foods and sweets, I can assure you that by implementing a regular workout routine and mindful eating over the next few days, we promise you that any weight that you see on the scale one, even two days later after this, after the 4th of July, it's physically impossible to be actual body fat weight. And instead it's most likely water weight. Okay. So just get back to your routine. Enjoy your life. Like it is what it is. It's one damn day, one day. So anyways, good. Right. Right. Just want to close it out with a little pep, pep talk here. But as always, guys, we hope that you found this information helpful and we will chat with you next week. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it more than you know. If you found this episode valuable, please leave us a review because it helps so much with spreading the word about the show. More importantly, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at findyourforma and be sure to shoot us a message to let us know what you want to debunk next. Bye.